Hey y'all, welcome to Couture Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Steele. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Couture Conversations Podcast. This episode is a bit unique. We've never done this before, but I was on another podcast, and I wanted to share it with all of you because I absolutely loved it. The incredible businesswoman who interviewed me, Alicia Esposito, did an incredible interview, and I want to share it with you all. So this is a recording of the podcast I did on the Retail Remix. Such an incredible podcast. I can't say better things about it. All things about closing the gap between digital and physical luxury experiences. I can't wait for you to have a listen, and I will see you on the other side. But when you're buying a luxury good, you need to feel emotionally connected to the brand. And the only way to do that is through storytelling. And the great opportunity, oh my gosh, I get so jazzed about this. The great opportunity is that with the virtual space, you can do that so seamlessly and so beautifully. You're listening to Retail Remix. Your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. Historically, luxury brands have thrived on exclusivity. Only the top tier of customer can access these brands and in turn be able to enjoy all of the products and experiences that are part of that brand representation. But as we've seen over the past two years, luxury is being redefined. We can largely thank the rise of the Gen Z consumer, the rise of social commerce, and of course, the maturity of the e-commerce landscape to thank for that. Well, Olivia Steele, who's co-founder and CEO of Conversation Couture, has a unique perspective on what digital means for the future of luxury and how luxury brands and retailers can use virtual experiences effectively to reaffirm and amplify their brand promise. So despite uh, naysayers who believe that digital will impact brand reputation or damage the exclusivity that they have worked so hard to create, Olivia paints a very interesting picture of why that is not the case. Listen in and find out what she has to say. Olivia, so excited to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Alicia. I was really looking forward to chatting with you. 
And likewise, I am such a fan of a lot of the work luxury brands are doing, and I know it is a fast-evolving space, especially with all of the trends we're seeing in digital. So we have a lot to discuss today. Obviously, with your company, Conversation Couture, you're immersed in all things luxury, and you have a great background in merchandising, in-source sales, as well as e-learning. So it's quite a collection of backgrounds and skill sets. So I want to ask you, I mean, just to kind of set the stage for your expertise and what we're going to be discussing today, how did your career background position you for starting your company? Great place to start. So I worked in luxury fashion for several years and then did a total pivot to the Ivy League e-learning space. And I think because I was removed from the retail industry, I was put in a unique position to see it from the outside in. Sometimes when we're not in the thick of things, it's easier to see you know, those glaring opportunities for improvement. And in my case, coming from a work environment where I was training teams to be driving sales in a 100% virtual and online format in the e-learning space, we were growing sales from $500,000 a month to growing it to $8 million a month. So I knew firsthand the opportunity the luxury fashion industry was leaving on the virtual table. And after having a absolutely horrendous online shopping experience one day with a luxury retailer... And having this combination of being inside and outside the industry, it put me in a position to write the first business idea for starting Conversation Couture. And during the journey of doing all of this, I realized there weren't and there wasn't any upskilling opportunities for or certifications specifically for virtual retail sales. So with this experience and position, and of course, a little bit of help <laughs> from my team and my business partner, I created certification programs for virtual retail sales. But definitely the position of my background teed me up pretty well for this. Got it. And what I find in conversations with you know other founders, entrepreneurs, there tends to be a firsthand experience or a immediate pain point or challenge they're hoping to tackle when they start their business. But isn't it safe to say that it's just like based on your outside experiences, your own interactions with luxury brands, that there it was kind of an all-in-one experience issue that you were experiencing that you were trying to solve for? Or were there particular areas that you really wanted to dig into as a key opportunity when you started the company? Yeah. So it's definitely a combination of everything. I think it's, I love the story. Um, obviously, it kind of what prompted me to, to create the whole company was I was trying to buy a birthday gift for myself, <laughs> which sounds super selfish, but I was trying to buy something nice for myself as a celebratory gift. And I know what I wanted. And I went to the retailer that I thought I wanted to buy from, and no one was there to assist me. And I had several questions. So I went to their social media, went to their Instagram page. And no one was there to help me. I waited a couple hours, but ultimately that company lost my business because no one was there to assist me. As if I could go into the store, no one was there. So when I was starting this company, I was using my own personal experience, both in being a consumer and also knowing the inside of the luxury fashion industry, but also understanding the power and the reach that e-learning 
can facilitate for someone's development or facilitate for a business's success and development. So my goal was really to improve the virtual and online shopping experiences for customers. And as a consumer myself, I alluded to earlier, I was just so displeased with how I was treated online. And from my experience, knew it could be done so much better because at that time, I was doing it better for my e-learning company. And as a result, by improving the customer's experience, it directly increases engagement and ultimately leads to higher conversions and sales for businesses. I just have this huge passion for helping both individuals and businesses to achieve what's possible in the virtual retail space and maximize what makes them unique. So if you go into any brick and mortar store, any physical store location, jewelry, a travel agency, hotels, leather handbags, you're going to be greeted, assisted, and guided. Online, it's an anonymous shopping experience, but it shouldn't be. And moving into the future of online retail, it's not going to be an anonymous shopping experience anymore. So that's really what is prompted prompted me and motivates me to, to do what I do every day. Because if the customer experience is superb, then fortunately, it directly impacts the success of the business. Yeah. You hit on some really powerful points there, Olivia, that I want to dig a little bit deeper into. But first, do not feel bad about treating yourself. I am all for (laughs) (laughs) the self-purchase birthday gifts, especially a nice luxury good. But I want to unpack your point a little bit around the disparity between in-person and digital that we saw for so long in luxury, because I had very similar experiences myself. And, you know, it makes me wonder if it was almost like brands were trying to maintain the exclusivity of the luxury experience. Like, oh, you have to go to our physical space. You have to have that one-to-one engagement and feel very special and closed off from everyone. And in a way, maybe it reaffirmed their position and their exclusivity because they weren't online. Because like, I guess there's this assumption that digital is always one to many or more accessible. But personally, I feel like that's changing. Like I know everyone's kind of at different stages in the journey and the process. But I'm curious about what you're seeing because you're so immersed in this space. I'm sure you're having lots of conversations with different brand leaders and executives. Like, are you seeing the perception of digital within the luxury community changing at all, especially with everything that happened with COVID and how people needed to be online? Yes and no. So here's the thing, and I'm going to backtrack just slightly. So luxury in itself is a feeling. And luxury creates a feeling of exclusivity. So luxury is truly in the in the entire industry in general is in their infancy of understanding what they want their digital presence to be. A lot of my conversations with CEOs and business owners is they're trying a lot of things through trial and error because of this new wave of incredible sales channel opportunity, but it's so new. And like you said, it was so expedited over the last couple of years. In my opinion, luxury was caught really flat-footed in regards to handling this shift of where customers are wanting to make purchases. And all of luxury is trying to figure out 
what will work for their unique and specific brand. Because in its essence, like I said, luxury is a feeling when you are purchasing the item. When you wear the item, it gives you a positive feeling that you're wearing something really special. It's why I wanted to buy something really special for myself for my birthday. And luxury being online was non-existent because there was no strategy or sound technology to actually facilitate that experience in a virtual environment. And now, oh my gosh, I have meetings all the time with amazing technology companies. The tech is so there. But the missing piece is is that they need to focus more on the training and upskilling of their people to create that exclusivity, that exclusive feeling in an online format. And in a lot of cases, right now, brands are working on and we work with brands to create that virtual and digital communication strategy. Because speaking to a customer in person is a total 180 to speaking to them in an online and virtual setting. So I wouldn't say that luxury was apprehensive to go digital. I just don't think that they had the tools to actually facilitate it like they do now. Got it. Or possibly they just didn't know where to start since like their heritage was so deeply rooted in physical and the boutique experience. So let's dig into this a, a little bit more because this is interesting. What I've found in other areas of retail is that, you know, everybody has their own unique journey. Everyone has their own unique strategy or experience that they're trying to convey, which impacts their investments and how they go about digital experience in particular. But there's also this narrative around how sometimes the bigger guys are slower to embrace these new things just because of legacy infrastructure, the culture of it all, the red tape, to put it nicely. (laughs) Um, So I'm curious like, how you're seeing movement come to life in the luxury space? Like, are you seeing more movement from like the smaller brands, the fast growing brands that really want to kind of own the digital experience? Or are you kind of seeing just different levels of movement across the board? Like, I know it's really hard to kind of paint something clearly that's so gray, but I would love to hear if there are any overarching trends around, you know, adoption, interest, and also like where their priorities are right now. You are so spot on with companies trying to discover their own unique roadmap. So I like to call something, well, what I call it with my clients and individuals that I speak with is the magic trifecta of creating your roadmap and where to begin. So every business is driving traffic to their website. Every business is trying to figure out what technology they need to be offering on their website. And the last and final piece is the training aspect. How do I train my people to get up to speed with this new sales channel? So traffic, training, and technology is really the magic trifecta of where to begin in their journey. And the smaller businesses definitely have the advantage of utilizing their virtual sales channel faster. And the reason being is because there's not so many hoops to go through. I can't tell you the amount of times I've gone into massive companies, boardrooms, and you have a group of people, group of 10 people or more that need to agree upon the idea or implementation to go through. That in itself takes an exorbitant amount of time. 
But the challenge is these people in the boardrooms, they've never done this before. And everyone's trying to guess what the right thing is going to be. So the larger established brands do have some virtual sales channel options, but they are way underutilized and and some not even taking advantage of the technology that they are investing in because it's never been done before and that's okay. So one of our goals when we started the company was to help small business owners keep up with the larger brands. And now we actually find that it's the opposite. So large companies, it's like moving. I relate it. My business partner says this all the time. It's like moving a cruise ship. It's like turning a cruise ship. It's trying to avoid the glacier of mistake, right? And in smaller businesses, they're able to pivot so much quicker because they're willing to try something out really quickly. If it doesn't work, that's fine. They can pivot and make changes really, really easily because of the size. With the larger companies, they have so much more to take into consideration. For example, like a small jewelry company may have five or 10 sales specialists on the floor. A company like Cartier or Tiffany's, you know, in one state may have 400. So it's a totally different rollout and a totally different roadmap and strategy. But I find that all companies need to start at the magic trifecta, you know, traffic, technology, and training. So once they have that started, realizing who they're driving to their website, whose attention they're grasping, and then selecting, okay, what technology do I actually want on my website to facilitate the experience that I want for my customers? And then taking it a step further, and in my opinion, one of the most essential pieces of it is, all right, now I'm driving the traffic. Now I have the technology. Now, how do I utilize the people that already work for me to train them and upskill them, to empower them to grow in this new sales channel, to ultimately increase sales and conversions within my own business? With larger numbers, it's just harder to pivot. So I think that the smaller brands before all of this were trying to keep up with what the larger brands were doing. And now the larger brands are trying to keep up with how fast the smaller brands are able to pivot. Yeah, that's great. Definitely some good points. 